0: Welcome to Rambling Ambos, season two, episode two. As always, the opinions and ideas of those on the show are their own, they do not reflect any service or organization they may be associated with. Coming up on today's episode. We wanted to know if an off-duty paramedic would help an unfamiliar neighbor, so we simulated that exact scenario on an unsuspecting paramedic. Plus, we're joined by two special guests who have the unenviable job of handling the deceased. We're speaking to police contractors. And in the clinical corner, it's the topic in 10. Lee discusses the priorities and management of patients post-submersion. Hit subscribe on your favourite streaming platform, but all this and much more is coming up now. Hello again, welcome back to Rambling Ambos. My name is Carl and joining me as always is Jenny. Is
1: that, is that a Forrest Gump reference? It is,
0: it is, well done. <laughs> yes, thank you. It is, uh, also known as Genevieve. Yes, is yes. she,
1: in the? I don't think her name is Genevieve in the No, movie. I think it's
0: just a Jenny. But yeah, I'll well take it, it. And, it's fine. Uh, and, and, and Lee. Your, <laughs> your uh, name it just doesn't really it doesn't extend out.
2: you can't. You can't like extend it. You can't. Can we call it. you like
1: Liam or something one time? Leonardo. Oh, There's that's one fun. Words. Leo. Yeah. yeah. Um. It, yeah, Lee's l- fine. Llama, yeah, yeah. maybe. Oh, I don't know. There's a t- changes llamas from the E to the Have R. Have you seen mm-hmm. llamas
0: with hats? I got teased a lot about. Them. You got teased a lot about well, llamas with hats. Yeah, because there's a guy, there's a character in it called
1: Carl. What is um, llamas with hats? Ah,
0: don't worry about it. Is it a show? Yeah, it's I'm a YouTube thing. Googling don't. it no, later. No, no, no. Anyway. Do you know what you should Google? What?
1: Sorry, this is a YouTube black hole, but I highly encourage all, <laughs> all listeners to listen to this. So on YouTube, there's a video. Sorry, this was super off topic, yeah. where you can watch about how yet. many slaps does it take to cook a chicken.
2: How many slaps?
1: Yeah, it's like a 15-minute video.
0: Oh, oh, I thought it would be longer than that. It's very,
1: It's quite scientific.
0: Is this like this raw chicken that gets slapped around? Yes! And it's <laughs> like how that. many
1: slaps or at what speed do the slaps very have like to be for the for the energy to be transferred to heat to cook the chicken?
0: Oh, I didn't realise oh, it was wow. that. It's quite a weird video. I just remember seeing like someone's foot in a chicken and then the chicken going around the yeah, room. Yeah, like, no crazy. feet involved, but lots of <laughs> oh, lots of okay. hands and
1: it's
2: motors. Very, it's very oh.
0: unusual. It oh. is. Genevieve. How, how, you should how are you both?
1: I'm good. I'm on a new I'm great. Oh. Living the life. I'm yeah. good.
0: I'm yeah. not on annual leave, but I'm about to start annual leave. <gasps> well, guys, uh, I've got a serious issue that could affect the quality of this show. Uh-oh. What? Well, the other day I bit my lip really badly, oh. and I don't know if you can see it. It's really swollen. Oh,
1: did you call an ambulance? No, but. <laughs> uh,
0: no. That would have been more serious <laughs> than <laughs> half of the calls. If you told me at the time, yeah, it probably <laughs> would have helped. But um, <laughs> ah, it's so swollen, and so I feel like I've. um. I, I, I had a teleconference t- t- today and um, not only then. did I have a stutter. <laughs> that's, that's just, you know what,
2: I, I'm getting out of this. That's just a flex that you had a teleconference. Uh, You're important uh, enough to have yes, a teleconference.
1: Yes, Whilst
2: yeah, we're well, holidaying. Look, you know what,
0: I'm sick of hearing you guys talking about your sot rubbish. Mm. How many day, How many stars you know, have you got on your shoulder at the moment? Responder? Look, okay. guys, it's, it's, uh, we're not going into that. But um, <laughs> I just wanted to pre-warn everyone that, um, that yes, uh, the, the quality, if I... Don't articulate myself well. If um, mm. I get my mm-hmm. facts wrong, it's because of because of my lip.
1: Is this the first time you've ever bitten your lip?
0: No, but it's the first time that I've had such a strong reaction post a lip bite.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like getting old, Carl. That's what ulcer it is. It's also
0: plus swollen from, yeah.
1: He's really painting a good picture for mm. all our listeners out there. Yeah, mm. so anyway. So he's got this festering wound on no, his yeah. lip. No, it's not no, that bad. No that right. kisses f- from
0: me. <laughs> 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 oh. Thank God. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, get back on track, guys. Yes. Um, Oh, I, we've got a really exciting show for you all today. Um, in fact, we have got some special guests joining us later in the show. Um, they're from, you know, we mentioned it at the end of the episode last week that we're talking to the departed mm. or people who handle mm. the departed, not the departed mm. necessarily. Yeah, we're, we're, not, not we're not crossing over. over John, what's his name? John, John Edwards. 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 Yeah. yeah. The, the crossover, crossover guy. Ah, uh, never mind. If you don't know, we're not going into it now. Okay. But um, <laughs> YouTube it <laughs> on topic. Um, yes, we're talking to police contractors, woo. Um, sometimes known as, as they say, body snatchers, um, mm. undertakers. I um, feel like
1: I have so many questions. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we're going to get a bit of an inside scoop into their work life balance. Yeah, and, right. Um, well, not their balance, but like their, yeah, work. their work life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. But before that too, we have got prank call, our inaugural prank call Ooh. to an unsuspecting uh, paramedic out there. Mm. So you know how paramedics are always willing to go above and beyond and help out their community, sure, right? always, right? Always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would our paramedics as willing to go above and beyond when they're
2: not on duty? Oh, I tell you what, I've had my, I've had my fair share. Mm. You guys. Mm.
1: Um I'm still quite young and freshly, as opposed to how you know old and shriveled Frosty. you are, mm. yeah, yeah, so less, mm. less experience. yeah,
0: mm. well, anyway, <laughs> so. The premise of this <laughs> prank call is to see if this paramedic in particular would help a neighbour who's fallen uh, between the toilet and the shower and uh, are very messy. Would would they go and, and help them whilst they're off duty or would they hang up the phone and say, oh. not a chance. Oh, my God, oh. I love this.
1: I can't wait. Uh,
0: so, anyway, we'll call them now. You ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Hello. Hello. Is that India? Yeah. Hi, India. It's Gerard here from, from down the road. How are you going? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Look, thank you so much for answering. I'm actually hoping you might be able to help me out. I'm in a bit of a pickle. Um, I, I, I've i actually fallen off the toilet, and um, one of the, the neighbours gave me your number a while ago because they knew you were a paramedic, and we, we never knew when we would would need your help. And uh I was really hoping you might be able to, I, I, I think your, your partner is a, a paramedic too. I, I was really hoping you might be able to come around. I'm on Drummond Street.
3: John, uh, have, have you called an ambulance? yet? Yeah, because we're on call. So if you call us, we can bring the ambulance oh,
0: down. Look, I'm actually quite, I'm, I'm really quite embarrassed about it. I, I don't want an ambulance out the front of my house, you see. I'm just, um, I was just really hoping you, you and your, your partner might be able to swing pie. I've, I was on the toilet and I, I, I've slipped and, uh, and it's very messy and I'm very embarrassed at the moment.
3: Right. Um. Uh, I, if you want if you if the ambulance, I can come over. I just um, I'm I'm with my crewmate at the minute, so you can
0: well, definitely come around. We could park in the back street uh, too. Uh, look, I I'd really, I, I just don't want anybody coming in in their in their uniform. You see, um, Indy, I, I I'm sure you can understand. Would could you just not come around and help me out?
3: Um. Can I?
0: Can you give me the number? i like can give you a call back in a sec. Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. It's 04-
3: Give
0: me, give me one sec, hang on. Yep. I, I've been here. I've been on the ground for a while here, Indy.
3: What's your number?
0: Oh, 04. Yeah.
3: The yeah. F- yeah. Three. Oh, four. Three.
0: Yes, that's, that's right. And
3: what was your name? Carl. Ha
0: <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> Indy, like, it's Carl. You oh, you are amazing. <laughs> You That's are so you are really you're sweet. Pardon? I was like, this guy's
3: a sweeto. to eat
0: to <laughs> Well, look, um, uh, Indy, we're we'll, we're we'll trying to think of um, paramedics. You know, they really go out of their way to to help people out. But you weirdo We're thinking, would paramedics go out of their way when they're not on call? And clearly, you wouldn't. You want to, you want the call out. No outs. way. <laughs> Uh, love your work you're a true uh, country paramedic there Indy and uh, you're a great sport too so thanks so much for coming on even though you probably didn't have all that much choice but um, (laughs) guys uh, have you responded
1: Look, I can't think of a particular instance in which I have like yeah. I've just
2: Thankfully I'm the same too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I have in my in my time. We used to live in an apartment block and there was an old lady upstairs. Oh, oh, she saw the sweet. uniform oh, on hazels. the on the washing line oh. and then like made it a habit to call us every time that she needed her <laughs> Ted stockings changed. <laughs> oh, oh, so, cute. Yeah. Some flaky Some flaky <laughs> hazel skin. Oh, no. oh look,
0: it's the things you do though, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, well look, let's get into the debrief, shall we? Yes. All right, here we go. Okay, well, welcome to The Debrief. Uh, Today we are joined by two very special guests and between them, they have over 20 years experience uh, in their particular roles. And um, basically what they do, they're they're there for when, I guess, we fail um, or when there's Nothing else we can do for the for our patients. Mm. Uh, we have the lovely police contractors that come along and, and do their best work. And today we're joined by Alyssa and Cole. Guys, uh welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks,
3: Carl. Thank you for having us.
0: Ah, oh, no worries. And um look, guys, how did you get into this role? Um, you want
3: to go first, Carl? Yeah, well, for many years I worked in the
4: health system, Carl, uh, working up to 2006. Worked clinical for a lot of years, then ended up in administration, management roles. Mm-hmm. Um, around 2006, decided I needed to ch- change after all those years in the health system. Yep. Uh, job come up as a police contractor. Um, I thought, well, I'll give that a go. And um, I'm in my 14th year now. So yeah. Right. Right. That's
1: amazing. 14 years. Wow. Yeah. And how about That's you, good. Alyssa? Were you a similar background?
3: Um, yeah, so I came from emergency services, um, and then I left there, and I became a zookeeper slash zoologist, Amazing. and uh, travelled around. Yeah, I love my wildlife still to this day. Yeah. Um, wow. So I travelled around Australia, and I've, I've worked with some great animals, and I've wrangled saltwater crocodiles. Oh, and gosh. I came back. To, yeah, <laughs> I came back to Sydney and. And I thought, oh, I want to get back into emergency services, but not as, like, in the full capacity. Yeah. So um, I was given the opportunity to uh, go in as a police contractor. And so that was 10 years ago. And 10 years on, I still love my job. And um, every day is different. Yeah. And I think that's so what most people well, what that do work a, in our like.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alyssa, what are some of the other terms that um, people describe what you do?
3: Well, oh, there's some... Well, <laughs> <laughs> um there's a various um numbers of names. Yeah, look shoot some away. Are, uh, some are a bit inappropriate, but um I mean we get called grave diggers still to this day, which is a really old term. Yeah. Mm. Um old we also get called undertakers and body snatchers. Body snatchers <gasps> body
0: <snatches>. yeah, so <laughs> okay. that's dark.
3: and that you know that's such an old term, and I think that actually comes from the nineteen thirties from a movie that was brought out wow. at that time.
0: Body snatchers um and ah. also,
3: yeah, called yeah, Cole's in the same that that's correct. And so, you know, the um the police often refer to us as that. Mm. Um, so you know, we don't use that term personally because it is a bit derogatory. Because yeah. We're not you know, it's still someone's family at the end of the Absolutely, day. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. uh, we have to, you know, make sure that we uphold their dignity and their respect and, and you know, um kind of look after them and treat everybody equal. So we we just call ourselves police contractors. Mm. Absolutely. Well, and, look. Uh, I, for our names,
0: Elise. Um, oh, sorry, um, Alyssa. You, you were saying um, <laughs> you are saying you worked in the zoo, um, and you're you're also a police contractor. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you have an issue with humans?
3: Yeah, I like the quiet type <laughs> yeah. more. You know, um, but I, uh, I think I still do zookeeping today because it's a great way to switch off from the you know the type of job that we do do at
0: yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like-
3: and, and animals are non judgmental, aren't they? I mean, they you know, you show your intentions, they show that intention back, yeah. And so, I respect them for that, and yeah, so and they're quiet, and
0: that means they listen and don't
1: speak. <laughs> <possibly>. <laughs> oh, so that's even better. <laughs> I guess, as an add on to that, almost, um, do you do you find that you do that you deal much with families, or is it really just a, a quite a task oriented role? Um, yeah, Jam, we do deal with
4: families, um. On the worst day or worst night of their life. Yeah. Uh, you need a lot of people skills. We've got to understand the situation which we built. You know, I'm a father myself. Um very hard if there's children involved, but for mm. sure. Uh, you know, you've got to be sensitive to that and sort of realize they're in a situation that you really don't want to see anyone in. Yeah. And uh, so it's appropriate, appropriate sort of behaviour from us. Yeah. Uh, treat them with dignity and respect and respect their privacy. Um, so you've got to be very mindful of these things, especially when you go into a situation where something bad has happened. Mm. You've lost a loved one, lost a child. Mm. It's, um, it's but, a whole different approach.
0: But then, when you when you get into the car with Alyssa, uh, is, uh, I assume there might be a few jokes cracked between the two of you. <laughs> uh,
3: no one involves children. <laughs> no, uh, no, children.
0: no, not children. <laughs> <laughs>
4: we, we do crack jokes in the truck, but um, sometimes some situations are tragic. You, mm. We tend to go quite yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. well. Yeah. Unusual.
4: But
2: I, I think we're the much the same. Think, yeah.
3: yeah, a bit um, of dark you humor you to cope.
2: What you see.
3: Yeah. And some of it's not nice, uh, you know, and you guys can uh, relate as well. I mean, you you know, we see you guys all the time at, you know, at, at crash scenes and, and, and certainly, you know, homicides and things like that. And it's never nice. And mm. I think, you know, you've got to spend that time uh, to reflect within that as well. So, um, but look, we try to find the funny things in life that you know are also outside the scope of um, of government contracting, so mm. or police contracting. So yeah, but we do have a few jokes, and we've been at jobs that we've walked out of there, and we're almost surprised we made it out alive. So yeah. right. uh, Spe- Speaking of that, which is Cole? Speaking <laughs> speaking
2: of that experience, Alyssa and Cole, all three of us here have been to jobs where we've really struggled with what we've seen and what we've particularly smelled. Um, I'm not sure if it's just yep. me, but how do you deal with really sort of, um, I don't know, overtly sort of offensive smells? I guess on, on jobs because <laughs> there are times when I've walked into to jobs where, where there have been long, long lie bodies with full breathing apparatus, and I just don't know how anyone comes in and and sort of does your job.
4: Yeah, Carl, I'm lucky in my respect. Like since I was 17, been in the health system and um part of the course i had done was actually attending a number of post-mortems when i was quite young mm-hmm. well, i have the ability now which i'm very lucky to switch off that smell wow um, you are lucky Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I walk into jobs and don't wear a mask and breathing apparatus and please say how do you do that
2: Yeah, so softly well. i know is breathing apparatus something that's available to you guys oh,
3: of course all the time so the oh, truck is wow. equipped uh, with three or four uh breathing apparatuses. Wow. um oh. you know and like cole said i think because you become so focused on the job yeah and you're sometimes having to deal with families who are very distraught at those jobs you know because they can't actually go in and see their loved one because unfortunately the the way and the type the job is obviously yeah um so i try not to work with the apparatus at those at those particular jobs because i don't it's offensive i think um to some family members Mm. to think that that's uh, the, the other one has been left so um, but yeah, you just switch off and I think you get used to it after a, a certain amount of time and we're up against it, you know, a, a lot, you know, more than you guys would be or even, you know, the, most of the police that we come Absolutely. up against. So, um, mm. yeah, so we just get used to it. We still get hungry afterwards. And we still eat our dinner in yeah. case that's the next yeah, yeah, you know so what, you what, yeah. question. I do get asked a question too. Do you want to eat after you've done jobs? <laughs> do your do you um,
2: clothes smell? Worse? Yeah,
3: look, I, it does. It absorbs into the skin. It absorbs into your clothes. Wow. Um. But if you've got some great deodorant, you can yeah. mask that thing quick. But yeah. it only kinkers.
2: A bit of a link's stuff. Yeah. yeah. A bit of impulse. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, the link's effect. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's amazing. Um. And so how do you guys cope when... Um, when you do see these these certain situations i mean like you said just then you are much more exposed to these you know more grisly kind of um scenes than than we are um how do you guys cope what are your um mechanisms to to get by after a a nasty job
4: well carl I've always been a a task orientated person um i look at a job i'm not thinking about what has occurred i'm Mm. looking at what we have to do i'm Mm. focused on uh, exit plan how we're going to get in there what equipment we're going to use how we're going to get out um and do it in an appropriate time so we're not holding the police up mm. um so basically when you focus on doing a job you can disregard and switch off everything else mm. Mm. okay yeah,
3: absolutely I, I i agree with that i think because you know there's a process uh, but you have to follow. So you know we have to get a search of body from the from the New South Wales Police or the, or the Police, whatever state that we happen to be working in at that time. Um, you know, and then of course you guys um, have been great by leaving us VODs at the scene, which you have no idea. Right. Oh, how that's
0: much going to be one of
3: that- Saves us really? and the police and the coroner. Ah. They love it when they see that. They're like, what a legend, Ambo. So, what is that? Um, <laughs> actually, taking the time to write oh, it. Wow. So, thank you. How often, <laughs>
2: does, how often does that happen, Alyssa? Like, how often do you find that the Ambos have left a VOD and there doesn't need to be the uh, the inclusion of whatever police force that you, the state you're working in? Um, I think
3: about I, when they first came out,
2: it was boobs uh,
4: and drabs. I don't my, you know, well, and now it's about. 60% of job. wow. Yeah. So what
0: what does it mean having a VOD for you guys then? How does that affect your process?
4: What it means, Carl, normally when we pick up the deceased, unless it's, if it's suspicious, we can go straight to the coroner's under escort. Mm-hmm. If it's a non-suspicious uh, coroner's job, like a sudden collapse at home, but there's no evidence of foul play or anything else, yep. we actually have to transport that deceased to a hospital. Mm-hmm. And as you know, the hospital emergency uh, services, uh, services Departments are busy. Yeah, yeah. When we're last come rent. We need a doctor to come out and actually give us a life extinct on the person we have in the back. Right. Um, sometimes we've been sitting there for an hour waiting for that, depending on how busy they are, which we understand the living to come before the dead. But yeah, if we are got the there we can proceed straight to the coroner. So, uh, even if it's a uh,
2: coronial checklist, it's positive for a cl- coronial checklist, like it's a suspicious circumstance surrounding the death. The VOD form can still save you time.
3: Absolutely. So um, as you know on your own forms, there's a there's a section there that, that states that, you know, um that life cannot exist in the duration of the time that the deceased has been there um, is one of the things yeah. on your VOD yeah, yeah. form. So you guys can just tick that, you know, and do go through like, you know, the pupils and the respiratory and you know the reflex structure and tick all them off. And then, you know, the police can either identify or not identify, but we don't necessarily need their name because um, the police have their own number systems, which is the, the police yellow tags, if you guys get to see. Um, and so that's actually how they're identified anyway, mm. once they get to the coroner's office. Yeah, because we're not so, determining
2: but, how they died. We're just determining that they are deceased. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
3: correct. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why we. Get ecstatic when we see that VOD because
2: <laughs> we're not there wasting the time oh, wow. of emergency. So, Look, I had so no just, idea how much uh, just means, for our listeners, guys. VOD stands for verification of death. Yeah, form. just oh, okay. so, just Sorry, so, in, yes. no, it's just so in case there's some people who didn't know that yet. Yeah, it's just yeah. a form that we can fill out to say this person is deceased, not how, yes. not why. Yeah, yeah, mum, verification yeah. of yeah. death, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Alyssa and Cole. I think you guys might see a massive spike in the number yeah. of VOD forms. Well, done, that would happens. be so good. <laughs> to see a hundred Yes. That's amazing. Oh. Um, just sort of going back a step on something else that you guys mentioned where you said there's three or four BA sets or breathing apparatus sets in the back of your cars. I mean, I don't know what I thought was in the back of your vans, but I assumed it's almost just a stretcher. What sort of equipment do you guys have and do you use on a on a daily basis?
3: I'll let Cole into
4: that. <laughs> yeah, we've got different types of stretches down because as you appreciate, some jobs we can use uh, like a smaller ambulance type trolley. Um, we carry stretchers when we're going upstairs or in yep. the bush or whatever.
1: We've got uh, we to We slides
4: here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. If we go outside patients upstairs, we've got slides we can use to bring them down. Wow. Um, we've got respiratory equipment, um, different sizes of body bags. Uh, some of our patients, you know, when you're talking about
2: 200 kg, Yeah, well, of yeah. course. But, in that case, yeah. do you ever call for backup for a second yeah. crew? Or third we, crew? We hand that we
4: never have um who do you use experience. to help you we with those we have got enough techniques on board to always get the job done you're board. just wow. experts i love wow. that gosh <laughs> imagine
2: <laughs> if the ambos had to
0: do that um, you make me sound so soft any any time i assist lift for, for yeah. a 55
2: kilo Nano. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think
0: to
2: oh.
4: have a
3: bit of brute strength um, to do our job, I think you need to have core strength definitely yeah. and understand how your body works. You know, you never lift with your back anyway. It's yeah. always with your legs. And, you know, um, there's certain ways to roll a deceased, as you would know, um, or, or a living one. You know, with that whole recovery, um, you know, kind of roll where you lift the leg and the arm and then you roll over, it's a lot easier than trying to, you know, just pull them over. For sure, and um, You let their weight take it over for you. So we use a lot of that type of technique um, the same way in, a, in our job as well.
1: Yeah, I think definitely like manual handling for us is is a massive thing. Yeah. You, you you sort of learn as you go on the job, and then yeah. you realize what works. Yeah. And, and I'm sure it's the same for you guys. Uh,
2: Absolutely,
3: it's, yeah.
2: Guys, do so you... but we've
3: got um sorry other equipment and stuff as well. So because like you know we mentioned there's some jobs jobs that we do go to that we know are going to be a little doozy. Yep. Um, especially if the grass is overgrown and stuff. So you know oh, kind of what what mm. you're in for. Um, so we've got body suits like full body forensic suits, and um, you know, of course, our apparatuses. But we've got you know booties to protect our clothing and our shoes. Yep. We've got sleeve protectors. I mean, there actually isn't anything that isn't in our truck that we haven't used at some point, which wow. is always popped yeah. up every after shoot. Yeah.
2: Speaking of um, those uh, just going on from your extra bits of equipment, how has COVID um, changed how you do your job? It's changed ours significantly over over the last sort of year. What about you yeah. guys?
4: Well, not a great deal, um, Carl. We obviously adhere to mask policy whenever we go into a nursing home. Uh, mm. We display that we're have vaccinated against the flu. Yeah. Um, what about handling the, the deceased?
0: Because right. uh, I guess moving a deceased body, um, if you weren't sure if they had COVID or not, um, I guess I, I I don't know how long COVID can live inside a deceased body for, but moving them surely um, expels some sort of gas out out of them. Are you ever concerned about that, or do you guys have any uh, protocols in in place for that? Are you always having to wear masks now, or well, all
4: oh, like oh, now being in the health system so long, Carl. When I started in the eighties, we started universal precautions, mm. which. If you follow the universal precautions, protect against body fluids, yeah. uh, airborne, viruses or yeah. diseases. And we just practice now universal precautions. Because mm. uh, COVID, at the end of the day, is just another virus. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing special. It hasn't come from Mars or anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, you treat it the same, you use your common sense, universal precautions, you gather as much information that you can about the patient. Yeah. Normally the patient quite good. they say, Oh, this guy's. Intested with COVID, yeah. suspected Yeah. So more information helps you do yourself.
0: Mm.
4: Uh but yeah, it's universal precautions and common sense. Mm. Oh,
0: fair enough.
3: But fair. I think we do. Um I don't I know ever since COVID did start that um no nursing home is gonna let you in without a mask, gloves and yeah, um right. and your flu vaccination anyway. Yeah. So I mean, and yeah. they're very stringent. I mean, you know, we get there, they check our temperatures, we fill out forms, have you been here? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they're also you know very helpful and they're also very stringent when when we go into those places but i mean i know that every time we get out of the, the truck now it, you know it's it's showtime. time
0: yeah.
3: and we put on our masks <laughs> and get our PPE, it's and, and we're and at like it really
0: that. <laughs> That's pretty much it uh well, well what's what some of you more uh more, more like you were mentioning long grass before like and you say that you guys work the night shift oh i couldn't Think of anything worse I like mean, scarier uh, for me going okay. to, you know find you know
2: people that have passed away at well night. we have
1: already discussed it carl's a bit soft this
0: might be a bit
2: silly but have any superstitions like are you, are you superstitious at all or oh
3: look you know weird stuff happens and i think on any job but i think with our job because it's that haunting kind of macabre unknown yeah. kind of territory people tend to get there but they you know they become almost recoiled when you say that you work night shift and you work with these people. <laughs> um, you know, they kind of think, well, where's your coffin in your bangs? Um, you know, kind of look at us for Because we go to work at sundown and, and we effectively come home at sun up. Yeah, uh, go yeah. to sleep. Get home before and, like, sun, you know, before daylight. Um but it's not like that at all. I think um I, I, I know Cole and I are both very much night owls and I think that's why night shift has um, in all my jobs, I've had shift work, and so I've always elected night shift. And, and cold, you know, is off the same as well. So we kind of, um, we kind of uh, adapt there with the night owl. But it, you know, there's been things where lights have turned off um, or turned on when we've been, you know, at a premises. <laughs> um, you know, we should, yes. and we call it call the Pope moments um, mm. because it's it's just one of those things that happens. I mean, we were at a, a deceased job not that long ago, and you know, from from the moment we got there, we had nothing but trouble. So, you know, the lift refused to stop on the fifth floor, let's say. You know, it'd go to oh. six, it'd go to four, but it wouldn't go to five.
4: Where we had to go. Yeah,
3: not no, where we wanted to go. They weren't
4: ready to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cue the spirit. You know, of music. we need to get no, out of this level. That, well. that person didn't want to go, Carl. No. <laughs> that,
4: that was the worst one. We had everything went wrong. Oh. Uh, we do encounter a lot of stuff, I suppose you'd call it uh, supernatural. Yeah, we see things. We don't talk about. It. We see it. We hear things. But really. This particular what the listeners are to was took the cake.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. The what? Sorry.
1: The case they're referring the to took the cake.
0: All yeah, right. Oh, right.
1: Maybe well, you guys I mean, could get. Maybe you guys could get a like a TV series or a movie mm, made right about your experience You need to write a, you need,
2: you need to write I a think
1: book. Watch that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's some sick people out there. Yeah. I was going to say, isn't oh, it like yeah. all the murder mystery podcasts are all the all the yeah. rave? So I'm sure that you'd be popular. Uh, <laughs> well,
0: guys, what Actually, are some of Yeah.
1: Well,
0: what, what are some of the things that you enjoy about the job? Is it a satisfying feeling when you finally get the person from the top of the stairs down into the van? They're on the stretcher, or and you think, ah, oh, job well done. Uh, I mean, what are some of the things that uh, that? Yeah, you enjoy about your role or give you satisfaction?
4: Well, you're right what you're saying, Carl. You, you hit the nail on the head. You, if we go to a job and it's top floor, and normally, for whatever reason, it's always top floor. <laughs> yeah, the yeah same for us. Up, <laughs> okay, we're, we're straight away focused on we're going to get that person downstairs and we're going to get them in the truck and we're going to be on the way to Lincoln where the current is crowded. And once we do that, sometimes we have to spend a bit more time and a bit more equipment. Once we do it, it's very, very satisfying to have them on board and on our way mm. uh, with a chick, that job. And uh, I think
3: families um, really appreciate that too. You know yeah. that we we do pride ourselves on getting them out uh, dignified mm. um, and, of a, you know, a prompt and respectful manner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, we do tend to tap ourselves on the back or pat ourselves on the back uh, for a job well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's um, it is rewarding, but every day is different. And I think for me. That's what keeps you going um, as a government contractor or a police contractor um, is because it is different. You never know uh, when you get that call uh, Mm. effectively what you're walking into. You know, sometimes you do get a heads up, um, you know, because we also do uh, stuff for um, funeral homes as well. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, so you know those ones are going to be, you know, you have to address the family so you make sure that you have the pronunciation, you know, you pronounce the Mm. name right, surname right or before you get there mm.
2: um
3: so you make it feel personalized for them but um there seems to be a lot of, a lot of job...
2: respect you know respect for the deceased from you guys you've mentioned respect a bunch of times and that just sort of plays into that I think it's it's really impressive
3: um I think well that's you know that should be the first and foremost thing because at the end of the day that's someone's child
2: yeah. and
3: that's someone's loved family member and, and whatever their transgressions are I mean we've, we're taking people out of custody um that yeah. you know they may have not lived a great life uh you know in a crime-free life but they're no more or no less important than the next person yeah. and yeah, i well. think um when you work as a police contractor that, that, i think that's the bit that you you switch off for mm. you know you tend to switch off and not judge them as a person but you treat them with respect that they are somebody's child yeah, yeah i love that
0: yeah well guys you do such an amazing job i mean it is a incredibly difficult role uh, you the, yeah i, I I, I don't know what else yeah, to say. I'm, like it's such I'm, a I'm in awe. Yeah, absolutely, and it's I'd imagine it's quite a an, an often thankless task. So, um, hats off to you guys, and um, thanks so much for for coming onto the show today and giving us a bit of an insight into what you do.
3: No, oh, thank
0: you for having us, and right. keep up those BODs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your do. All right, thanks, guys. Bye bye. See you, you right. later. Bye. Well, stay with us. We'll be right back after this with the clinical corner. It's time for the clinical corner and a change in pace. Today's topic in 10 is the priorities and management of patients post-submersion and drownings. Uh, A warning that this subject can be a trigger topic, so please tune out now if you wish. Lee is leading the discussion. Mate, what have you got for us? Well, yeah, drowning, it's not the...
2: Happiest topic, is it? No, but it's is really
1: a lot of the things that we do.
0: Well,
2: no, that's true. We, we <laughs> that's a really good point. Really, Yeah, um, anyway, we are surrounded by grief and tragedy, you're yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> but none quite so much as I think drownings and especially pediatric drownings. Mm. Yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah, heavy. Stuff. I must admit, I've never done one. Yeah, um, or Nor have even I. A, an,
0: an adult drowning, which right. I'm quite happy
2: about. Mm. Well, drownings. Uh, they they are the third leading cause of unintentional injury death worldwide. Really, c- Accounting really? for seven percent of all injury li- rela- injury related deaths, is hmm. an estimated three hundred twenty thousand annual drownings deaths worldwide, um, and most most of those are children and men. Yeah, yeah. Rows, yeah.
1: Women. Oh, no, actually, I have heard about this. Yeah. I think because men, in terms of the men aspect, it's because men are more likely to go fishing
0: and they're risk takers. Yes, oh, yeah, they're well. rock fishing. That's yeah, a, it's been. Quite a few tragedies, yeah. Rockfishes, yeah. And so I think as
1: well in Australia, I just forget, like, because most people here kind of swim, and it's in our culture, yeah. to mm. swim. That you forget that worldwide, there's that's not yeah, the case. It's not mm. necessarily
2: the case. So, a um, little bit of a case review to, mm. to this afternoon. Um, Three year old, really tragic. We got called to a backyard swimming pool for mm. a, for a submersion. Yeah. So, you know, important to differentiate and differentiate between drowning which is sort of the fatal version mm, and submersion, right, right mm. um, of, of someone. So,
1: submersion just refers to someone who has been underwater yeah, for a period submerged. of time. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, there's a difference between submersion and immersion. It's neither here nor there. But, yep, so drowning is the fatal act and, and submersion is, um, is the sort of near drowning, I guess you could say. Okay. So, on the way to this job, we get, we get word down there's a three-year-old. Um, it's the middle of winter. Mm. And we were responding probably from about five to six minutes away, so really close. Um, yeah. And two crews pulled up on scene at the same time. So jumped over um, the fence because the the front door was locked. Um, mm. Mum was still in the pool with the with the, the three year old, and we got to work. So yeah. Yeah. I guess the first question to you guys is, what's your what are your priorities for a three year old? submerged um you know now out of the pool but on the edge mum's still in the pool middle of winter Mm. where do you where does your mind go first
1: Well, i think well for me personally like if you're right on the edge of the pool one of the things you're going to need everyone to be kind of hands-on so my thinking is move Mm. them to a space even if it's in the backyard where you've Mm. got 360 degree access to the child and also there's no risk of you or your equipment going into the pool
2: yeah or the
1: child as well yeah exactly um what about you
0: yeah, look, I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> what about Same clinical priorities? That, um, so, well, going uh, ABCs. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Back to basics. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so obviously we've we've taken care of. Like, I mean, the, we need to establish if they're in arrest or not. Yeah, or and it was pretty clear that from the from the history taking that we'd had, and the look the look of the child that we were in definitely in cardiac arrest. I mean, there was a quick um, confirmation of that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. straight into um, CPR. Yep. Okay. So straight into cardiac compressions. Um, but particularly the, the reversible cause in this instance is, is hypoxia, right? Yeah. Like okay. Kids generally um, go into cardiac arrest for only one of two or three reasons, generally volume, um, loss, hypoxia mm-hmm. or hypothermia, maybe congenital reasons as well. Yeah, okay. but yeah, but hypoxia is really what we wanted to reverse. Mm. So it, thinking about that, um someone straight into into cpr mm. what is your what's your c- considerations in terms of what type of airway you'd like to put in this patient
1: yeah i don't know that's a tough one like i think i don't know if a IGL or an lma is super appropriate because mm. like i'm just imagining again not having really done an a-, a drowning um is that if you start doing CPR, you might actually start expelling some of that water. Yeah. Um, and they might start sort of almost mm. vomiting that up. And you actually almost would want to encourage that, I guess.
2: Well, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Because so there's a couple of different stages of drowning, right? So there's, you know, especially in, in children, you've got a, an in enhanced mammalian reflex, dive reflex, where, you know, you do see laryngospasm. So yeah. you know, larynx sort of closes over and, and therefore there's not. Sometimes there may not be a lot of water down in the lungs. It, right. it, it can be a hypoxic, uh, yeah, a hypoxic event oh, as okay. opposed to a yeah. like a, a wet drowning. Isn't
1: that Isn't that the thing that was happening with the ice ice bucket challenges over the head? Is that people oh. were having mammalian dive reflexes with yeah, the cold water and they were having laryngospasms? Laryngos yeah. spasms? I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah. that was another internet thing. Anyway,
2: yeah. So so it really depends. I, and I guess you do have to you have to sort of get rid of whatever secretions you can out of the airway. Mm. And after a certain amount of time underwater, that laryngospasm, that dive reflex, will. Really and they they will you know, either passively flow in, yep. or if it's relaxes before they lose consciousness, there may be a breath taken underwater. So oh therefore, okay, you, get, yes. you get fluid That's in they, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really depends on that, I guess. But yeah. you do want to establish an airway that can rec- that can sort of um, administer higher levels of of pressure. Remember, if you think about like a uh, an, an APO, right? Mm, so a yeah. pulmonary edema patient. What are we trying to do with CPAP? Trying to <laughs> <laughs> and i I just looking at each other like uh well,
1: the thing, you know. Yeah,
2: so we're trying to increase pressure. We're yeah. trying to increase pressure so that so that we splint open those alveoli. We're not trying to push fluid back across the membrane. Yeah, that's Remember a common that misconception kind yeah. of thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> not it's not something that we do, right? So we don't actually push fluid back across the membrane. We increase pressure Splints open alveoli mm. for greater gaseous exchange for yep. the alveoli that aren't affected, and to do that, we need something that achieves those pressures. Can you just put a bag valve mask on them? Well, you can, but you're not going to get the pressures. So, that what you are you could? thinking more uh, uh, LMA or more tube? Tube. tube. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so ideally, mm. ideally, we would intubate this child. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, an in, intubated patient with a with a cuffed tube. Uh, means that you can actually deliver greater pressures than you can with a supraglottic airway or a BVM with an OPA or something.
0: And then I guess a bit though, uh, your priorities, Uh, it it sounds like you had a lot of hands on deck pretty quickly in that one. So everyone could be working on those different tasks um, because I'd imagine it would be quite a chaotic scene and,
2: and oh, hugely emotional yeah, too. Yeah, so, absolutely. like the human factors come into play enormously because yeah. mum or dad or both are yep. often very distressed. Yeah, absolutely, um, you are at a heightened level of emotion mm. yeah. yourself.
1: There's something about paid jobs, I think, that everyone it just yeah. sw- yeah. flicks oh. a switch in, yeah. in yeah. you. Yeah,
2: yeah, ter- ter- terrifying. It's the l- your last thing you want to do. You want to mm. do the big work, but yeah. you never want it to be a kid. No. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So what we did, you know straight into CPR toilet the airway the best we can, get rid of all those secretions, intubate, cuffed tube, peep valve, increase those pressures, recruit the alveoli that you can recruit to split Yay. them open mm. and, uh, and, flood that that kid with oxygen they're hypoxic that's
1: really interesting and so then how would that how would your treatment change potentially in terms of um someone who had had a submergent submersion sorry and was maybe unconscious but not in arrest so yeah you know can you I'd, as far as I'm aware, we can't tube them if they're well, still you, we, you out, know, have an output.
2: You wouldn't generally, and it depends on their level of consciousness. If mm. they're unconscious, profoundly unconscious, and and an apneic, you, yeah, like in respiratory arrest, you you would. Yeah. Um. If not, you would, and they had a level of consciousness, you would. You know, you would usually. You would potentially try some pressure, whether that's be that be with CPAP, like yeah. continuous positive airway pressure, or the BVM. Um, what you what you kind of are wary of there is having all that sort of fluid inside the lungs drawing more fluid in by way of. Of it's or oh, like osmolarity osmo- os- or osmotic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Os- osmotic pool. Yep. So you then have have the phenomenon of like secondary drowning, which is which is com- also commonly called dry drowning. Uh. Um, you get this, you get this what time
1: frame do you get that in normally?
2: Oh that's a good question. Ooh, and I it, like, they be, always talk about that on Bondi Rescue. It could
1: They're
0: be like
2: this patient is at significant risk yeah. of drowning further, which is why they need to go to a hospital. Yeah. Well it could be um, hours. It could yeah, be okay. hours to it to a twenty-four hours. I mean correct oh, me if okay. I'm wrong, yeah. listening. But it's but not like an immediate thing. No. No, yeah, yeah, no. okay. So yeah, so there's that. There is that like risk as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, this child we that we put in a tube. Um, we increased the pressures. We fixed the hypoxia. Mm-hmm. Um, we continue the CPR. Did you get Sats up? Sats Sats were really colour? poor. But yeah. the thing was, this was the middle of winter. Oh, freezing okay. cold. cold kid. And when we pulled this little guy out of the water, he was ice cold. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Mean to you? Well, guys. yeah, hypothermia. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. but also yeah.
1: You, they're not dead until they're warm and dead as yeah. well. So I guess you can yeah. kind of keep working on that. But I think yeah. I don't know. Maybe Lee, your opinion on this as well. I feel like in special ops, we mm-hmm. we are trained to think about hypothermia more because we're in an austere mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. Whereas That's I think sometimes, just as a as a regular paramedic, I don't always think about. Mm. Hypothermia in my patients. It's not high on my list. Hey,
0: of I mean, your temperature is
2: down in your, your exposure, yeah, like e, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's right down the bottom of the yeah. primary survey. It's like and it's probably not something that we would do a lot about when you've got other priorities to yeah. do: mm. airway, breathing, circulation. You know, but he was freezing cold, which mm. slowed down every. F- Part of his system, his mm. metabolism was so slow so that his his m- all his systems didn't require a lot of oxygen at that point. Yeah, wow. So it, it
1: so it's actually quite beneficial in oh a way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah it cool. saved
2: this kid's life. Oh, so this thank child. goodness.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody waiting to see Carl's what. Carl's got his outcome. handkerchief out, ready know, to cry. This, this yeah. little guy
2: was. Um, the, it came out sort of uh, not not too long after that. He was not seen for up to twenty five minutes. Wow. Um, so uh, and and the last had been heard playing um, about fifteen to twenty minutes prior to the to the sort of being found. Yeah. So we think he's probably underwater for 15-20 minutes to get down to the core temperature that he had. Yeah. Wow. But even after that significant length of time submerged he there was a really good neurological outcome. Get out. Really?
0: Yeah. How is that possible for that amount of time?
2: Well if you think about the th- hypothermic uh, nature of it, um, yeah, yeah. He, he, <sighs> probably, he probably had cooled to such a point that his metabolism slowed down significantly. There was not the same metabolic demand as normal. He probably had that laryngospasm which meant that he didn't have a lot wow. of water inhaled mm. it, there may have been some passive flow into the into the lungs and then it's pretty incredible decent, really decent pressures with a tube and, and, yeah. and some peep equaled recruiting the alveoli mm. that's what i like up. to
1: call the positive swiss cheese effect
2: Positive Swiss mm. cheese. Because yeah. 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 we always talk know. about
1: it in a negative <laughs> yeah. way, but I've had a few patients like that yeah. where you go, this person is so lucky to walk out of hospital because yeah. everything lined up. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah it was about like two unfortunate two, though in that situation. Yeah, yeah the first well, exactly. <laughs> it was about two, two and a half years later that um, we were contacted and told that he had started kindy. Oh, oh yeah. that's wow. nice. Yeah, so one of those real feel-good, um, traumatic Awful jobs that ended with a positive. Yeah. It's so nice special. to hear back
1: from your patients as well, I guess. Yeah. And just and just Absolutely. hear that that what you did made a
0: difference.
2: Yeah. yeah. Huge. Well, I don't know. It's what we work saved for. Saved a life isn't it? that day, mate. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. But mm. we, we won this little guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Legend.
1: Cute. Yeah. Well,
0: guys, uh, that was drowning in paediatrics in uh, in, in 10 minutes, um, which probably... We could go so much further, further but know. I love but that. But Thank brief, you, Lee. Brief chat, but um, <laughs> look, guys, that's all we've got time for. It's been a cracker of an episode, uh, if I don't mind saying so myself. Mm. Um, but uh, thanks so much for uh, for tuning in. And, um, look, Indy uh, was our... Um, what a <laughs> <what> legend. <laughs> <allergen. laughs> she was on the receiving end she of our brain call earlier today. She and was... she is kindly... Uh, informed us of her emergency driving song after the fact. Um, so she has requested uh, Sunch Me by Dario G. It's a real banger, guys. You'll I don't know, know the if song. I know that song. No, you'll me. know it. I don't okay. know if it's called it's Sunch Sunshine? Oh Sunshine. Sunch <laughs> <laughs> Me <laughs> Sunshine, same thing. But anyway guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much and remember.
4: Stay safe. Bye. Bye.